Hello, it's me, Lily, a frog who lives in a pond and loves to tell stories. I'm in the mood for a once upon a time and they lived happily ever after story. Oh, whoops, I told you the ending. Oh, well, the fun part is finding out how they get there. I have a book of fairy tales from Finland on my bookshelf. And here is my favorite one. The Forest Bride, rewritten, rearranged, and told for Tales from the Lily Pad by Marlene Werfel. Once upon a time, there was an old farmer who lived in the Finnish countryside. His farm was prosperous, and he had a full barn, three sons, and a good wife. When his good wife died, his farm seemed poor without her. The fields were less green in the summer and less golden in the fall. The cows didn't make as much milk, and the butter wasn't as rich. The farmhouse stopped smelling like fresh-baked bread, and soon his clothes grew ragged and his cupboards bare. So he told his three sons, You are men now, and it is time you find wives. He gave each of his sons an axe and told them to chop down a tree. When the tree falls, follow the direction it points and keep going until you find a sweetheart. Then report back to me. The older brothers were happy with their father's command. They wanted to walk over the hills and through the valleys to find sweethearts. The oldest brother knew which direction he wanted his tree to fall in across the field to the next farm over. A woman his age lived there who he knew from school. She was clever and pretty and kind, so he chopped down his tree so that it would point straight towards her. And it did. The middle brother also knew which direction to fell his tree, towards the city. He was sick of chores and doing the same old thing every day, and he wanted to see new sights and meet someone new. When he chopped down his tree, it pointed straight to Helsinki. But the youngest brother was nervous and worried. He didn't want a sweetheart or a wife. His older brothers teased him often. No woman will ever want you, they told him. It's because you're ugly, said the oldest brother. Nah, said the middle brother. It's because you're weak. The youngest brother, whose name was Eno, thought they were probably right. He cut his tree straight through the middle to let it fall any direction it would, so he wouldn't be to blame for making a wrong decision. The tree began to fall toward the river, but... A fierce wind picked up and the tree changed direction mid-fall and pointed to the woods. The deep, dark woods. The tangled, wild woods. The woods full of howling wolves and the grunting of bears. You'll find the perfect girlfriend in the woods, said the oldest brother. A beautiful wolf with sharp claws and fangs. Or maybe a big bear will catch your eye or... You'll catch her eye. A forest bride will suit you, Eno. 
His brothers laughed and laughed, but Eno did not. In the morning, the oldest brother whistled happily as over the fields he went, gathering a big bouquet of wildflowers for the woman who lived at the next farm over. The middle brother was full of excitement too as he headed in the direction of the big city. But young Eno was afraid. He had heard of such terrible things happening to people who wandered into the dark woods. He'd been told many stories about a cruel witch who flew through the trees snatching up children. He'd heard of swamp creatures pulling lost wanderers deep into murky bogs and werewolves. He'd heard there were werewolves. His entire childhood, he'd been told to fear the woods and the creatures who lived within. But Eno wanted to be the man his father wished him to be, and he wanted to prove his brothers wrong, so off he went, making sure not to let anyone see he wanted to cry. The woods were thick, and there were no paths but those made by animals. The woods went on and on and on with no end in sight, and Eno was sure he would never find his way back home again. So he unraveled his sweater so that he could leave bits of wool to mark the way. He did not want to return home without having found a sweetheart, but what chance did he have? There were not any women in the woods at all. How long would he have to walk? How far could he go? Eno was cold without his sweater. The trees were so thick that very little sunshine penetrated into the dark forest. He was hungry, and he hadn't brought any food. On his father's farm, apples hung off the trees, and raspberries grew along every path. Not so in the dark woods. Eno shivered as the sun began to set, and it got dark so quickly, he knew there was no way he could make it home again. He would have to spend the night in the terrifying forest. Eno was just about to fall to his knees, sobbing, when he saw a little light in the distance. He walked toward the light. As he grew closer, he could see that the light came from a pretty little cottage with smoke curling up out of the chimney. Perhaps he would survive after all. Eno broke into a run and knocked on the cottage door. Nobody answered, at least not that he heard, and he pushed on the door. It creaked open. The cottage was empty. Eno thought, and he stepped inside. But as he looked around in astonishment, he saw that there was, in fact, a little mouse inside the cottage, sitting on a tiny mouse-sized chair in front of a golden mirror, grooming her fur and whiskers with a golden brush and comb set. She wore a pink velvet ribbon around her neck and had black and white spots. Eno thought, he must be imagining things. His brothers were always telling him he was crazy. He got down on his knees to look more closely, and that is when the little mouse set down her brush and comb and turned to speak to him. Welcome, she said. What brings you to my cottage in the deep dark wood? Your cottage, asked Eno, but there was no one else around. Yes, my cottage. Well, I am looking for a sweetheart, said Eno, but it seems I have lost my mind while searching. Look no further, said the mouse. I am also seeking a sweetheart. Eno laughed. 
He didn't mean to, but the whole thing was so absurd and startling. When he stopped laughing, the little mouse looked at him scornfully. You are awfully small-minded for such a big man, she told him. Inu laughed again. No one had called him a big man before. He was always so much smaller than his brothers. Listen, said the mouse. A couple must get to know each other before they decide if they are compatible or not. I have made you laugh, and that is a good start, but why don't we spend some time together before we make any decisions about whether we're officially sweethearts or not? And in that time, if you encounter a more suitable partner, I promise to step aside with no hard feelings. Eno did think that sounded reasonable, and he did not want to spend the night alone in the woods, so he nodded yes. Then the mouse told him there was stew in the cast iron pot by the fireplace and bread in the cupboard and blankets and pillows in the closet that would fit the empty person-sized bed by the fireplace, that he should eat as much as he liked and get some sleep and they could begin getting to know each other in the morning. She opened a tiny door with a golden doorknob at the base of the wall, said goodnight and closed the door behind her. In the morning, Eno and the little mouse went for a walk in the woods. They talked and talked, Eno leaning very close so he could hear her tiny little voice in his ear. The forest wasn't so scary with the little mouse by his side. She seemed to know it well. He wasn't afraid anymore to get lost or to starve. She pointed out blackberries and hazelnuts, and she always knew what direction the pretty warm cottage was in. The little mouse was smart and funny and kind. She made Eno feel like he was smart and interesting and even handsome. She confessed that she was under a strange enchantment. She could not tell Eno the details of the curse upon her, but she did say that it was oddly specific. A week went by very quickly, and Eno did not find a more suitable partner, nor could he imagine life without the little mouse sitting on his shoulder. So he returned to his father's farm to tell him that he had found a sweetheart. Excellent, said his father. Who, you, said his brother? I don't believe it, said his older brother. Listen, said their father, your sweethearts must pass a series of tests before I will give my blessing for you to marry them. And the first test is, oh no, thought Eno. How will my little sweetheart be able to do the things my brother's sweethearts can? She's only a little mouse. The first test is to bake a loaf of bread. My sweetheart bakes bread every day, said the oldest brother. It will be no problem for her. My sweetheart buys her bread from the bakery, said the middle brother, but she is very smart. I'm sure she can make bread if she tries. Eno returned to the cottage and told his little darling about the test. Not a problem, she said. She rang a golden bell and hundreds of mice pushed open the cottage door. Fetch the finest wheat you can from a hundred miles around us and bring it back here, she commanded. And the mice departed, returning quickly with golden grains of wheat. The mice squeaked and scampered and poured the grains into a grinder. They worked together to turn the stone that ground the grain into flour. Then the little mouse mixed the flour with salt and water and something she poured in from a jar in her cupboard. And she shaped a loaf, baked it, and soon the most beautiful golden bread was ready. 
Inu brought it back to his father, who declared it the best bread he'd ever tasted and much finer than the loaves his brother's sweethearts made. But there was another test, their father insisted. I must see a sample of each of your sweethearts weaving before I will give you my blessing. Inu wanted to return to his mouse sweetheart immediately, but his brothers stopped him. What is wrong with your sweetheart? There must be something, said Inu's oldest brother. Is she not beautiful like mine is? asked the middle brother. She is beautiful, insisted Inu. She has bright, sparkling eyes and is very dainty and graceful, and she is covered in... She is covered in what? asked the middle brother. Inu was going to say that she was covered in the silkiest fur, but he caught himself and said instead, a beautiful velvet gown. What? She sounds rich. How could this be possible, Eno? A rich sweetheart who can cook and who can stand you? But Inu didn't answer. He hurried back to the cottage, told the mouse about the challenge, and she assured him that weaving would not be a problem. Again, she rang her golden bell and mice appeared all around them. Fetch me the finest threads of flax you can, she commanded. And off the mice scampered, returning with silky threads so gossamer they were nearly invisible. The little mouse worked all night, weaving the fibers together, and her work was so delicate that she folded it up into a little walnut shell that she gave Inu to put in his pocket. At the farm, the oldest brother was showing off a piece of linen that his sweetheart made. Very nice, said his father, a sturdy and breathable fabric. The middle brother showed off a piece of cotton. Good, said his father, most adequate. Then Inu pulled the walnut shell out of his pocket, opened it up, and unfolded the sheerest, most iridescent, splendid fabric anyone had ever seen. You each have my blessing to marry, said the father. Inu was grateful. He couldn't imagine spending the rest of his life without the sweet little mouse by his side. But Inu's brothers weren't so sure anymore about their sweethearts. The fineness of the fabric Inu showed them, and the fact that Inu said his beloved wore a velvet gown, made them think she must be very rich. Their sweethearts were not wealthy. Why should Inu get to marry a rich woman? Why should Inu get something his brothers did not? Were their sweethearts good enough for them? They were so plain. Inu didn't stay to hear them complain. He rushed back to the cottage and asked the little mouse to be his bride, declaring his true love for her. Yes, she said, I will marry you on one condition. You must take me to meet your father first, and we must go the long way over the bridge that crosses the river. Eno imagined his brothers laughing at his mouse bride, but he, he no longer cared what his brothers thought. He agreed quickly, thinking his father would be as charmed by the little mouse as he was. She rang her golden bell and told the mice who arrived to make her a carriage out of a pumpkin. They returned quickly with a beautiful carved pumpkin. A mouse opened the carriage door for her and she stepped in, looking up at Inu from the little window. Twelve spotted mice were harnessed and tacked to pull the carriage. Everything she does, she does with such style, thought Inu. The little carriage didn't travel any faster than Inu could walk beside it. It was a long way, and when they got to the bridge, 
Passers-by pointed at the little pumpkin being pulled by mice. The carriage stopped, and the little mouse looked out the window and began waving at a man fishing off the bridge. Sir, she called out, sir, can I ask you a question? When the man leaned down to the little carriage, she leapt up and bit him on the nose. Ouch, he cried, and he pulled the tiny mouse off his nose and threw her in the river. The mice pulling the carriage immediately dove into the water after her, and they all disappeared from sight. Inu was devastated. What made his gentle little sweetheart behave so strangely? Inu let his heavy tears drop into the fast-moving river below. There was nothing he could do to save his tiny darling from drowning. His eyes, bleary from crying, did not see a carriage shaped like a pumpkin, but more than large enough for humans to ride in, get hoisted out of the river by 12 spotted horses. She was so good, Inu wept. She was so beautiful and I loved her so. The carriage traveled up the riverbank and onto the bridge. The 12 spotted horses stopped beside Inu. The carriage door opened and a beautiful woman in a black and white spotted velvet gown stepped down. Inu, don't cry. It's me, the woman said. The curse upon me required that I be loved by a human and drowned by a human, and now I am free. Inu recognized her sparkling eyes and her dainty way of moving and knew it really was his sweetheart. They traveled back to the farm to meet Inu's father. And then with his father's blessing, Inu's forest bride brought him home to a beautiful castle where she was queen of a fairy tale kingdom and they lived happily ever after. Mm-hmm.